exploration podcast and as always i'm joined by mike how's it going man doing really good man sweet so just as kind of a quick update on some things the channel on youtube has been pretty quiet there's been a couple of things i've been going through a bunch of crazy stuff with construction at my house uh the city is putting in this road and they're relocating my power lines and the power that's coming to my house i've been doing tons of terrible things that I hate doing. You're supposed to spend your weekends on adventures and I've been digging trenches to put in conduit. And luckily I think all of that finally wrapped this evening. So hopefully there's going to be some cool adventures on the horizon. Then on top of it, I've been prepping to do a two year review of living with the Jeep And I was really excited to go into two years of owning the Jeep and not have one problem. And then, of course, like the day after I've owned it for two years, I've had like three problems crop up, which is like, oh, it's like so stinking annoying. So I had a fuel or an oil pressure sensor that went bad that I had to get replaced. And then um, the clutch has been giving me a little bit of problems. And I was going to take it to just my regular mechanic and then I was like, ah, I don't know, maybe I should take it to this guy who's um, a, a well-known, reputable Jeep mechanic here in, in the area. So I opted to take it to him. The downside of it is everybody wants to spend all of their time outside. And so he's out like three weeks. And so uh, the Jeep is still drivable, but I haven't been driving it too much. And so I've been on no cool adventures recently, but hopefully here in the next month or so, there's going to be a bunch more new content coming up. So if you're well, looking... I'm going to give you the completely obligatory, unhelpful, and unuseful, you should have bought a Toyota exactly. comment. Yeah, it, 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 I am, well, 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 let's slow the roll. As I, in speaking about Toyotas and reliability, I have ran into more problems with the Land Cruiser. Can, don't you remember last month coming and rescuing me? Yes, I do. So so I have had one time in my life where I basically needed to be completely rescued. And this was it. And I actually, I guess you could argue that I did actually make it to the mechanics. um, And so I didn't have to get towed. But the Land Cruiser is, I believe, on the mend. I have every time something on it breaks, I think this is the last time. I'm never doing it again. And like $650 later, I'm like, all right. Now I then I feel like this obligation of I have to drive it. So now the hope is I can get another like six to eight months out of it and then I won't feel like I wasted my money. Hey, six to eight months for that much money ain't bad. Well that's how that's how I always look at it is I'm like, eh, some of this, every once in a while I'll have like a four or five hundred dollar you know uh, bill that comes in and I've been I, I haven't wanted to sell the Land Cruiser because it's had so many problems I just don't feel good about selling it. So the only way that I could sell it is to just say like, eyes wide open, here's what it is. You're basically buying a car that you could, it could be great. It could run for you and put 30,000 miles on it. Or you could be like me in the past 20,000 or 25,000 miles that I put on it have cost me like $6,000 in repairs. So I've almost spent as much money on repairs at this point in time as I did on the Land Cruiser in the first place. 
So I would have to sell it like that. And so every time I think, and then I'm like, what, maybe I could get, I don't know. I think I could maybe get 3000 out of it. And I'm like, I can't buy anything as a replacement for $3,000. Um, and I have been using it as my daily driver. So every time I, the good thing is it's been inexpensive enough to repair that every time I go and run the math on anything else, I looked really hard at like some Subaru Imprezas. They're all wheel drive, which I'm hoping to make a move in the next year where if I buy a new vehicle, I definitely need it to be all wheel drive. And so I'm like, I don't want to go buy a, a kind of quote unquote commuter car that isn't all wheel drive. So it's kind of at the top of my list, which we should have talked to our guest about that. But anyways, um, every time I do it, I look at it and I'm like, even if I buy one that's quite affordable and even if I put a decent little chunk down, the payment's still going to like, it's like three months and I paid for the Land Cruiser fixed bill, you know? And so considering that I have multiple other vehicles, it's not like if the Land Cruiser like dies out, I'm not like, Oh, you don't have a car anymore. I have other vehicles. Uh, I tend to collect them, I guess. And so it's, it's, it's inconvenient, but it's not that inconvenient, especially because outside of this time, it's been the only time I've needed to be rescued. So anyways, well, I'm glad it's on the mend and hopefully your Jeep gets on the mend too. I know it's, it's really frustrating because I was so looking forward to just being like, I've had the Jeep. I've put 20 plus thousand miles on it. The a vast majority of those have been all off road and I've had no problems. So all of you Jeep haters, here you go. But I can't even say that. So <laughs> the, the thing is the channel's on us. So I'm going to tell you exactly what's happened, but hopefully, well, the funny thing is that like the clutch was, it was making this weird ticking noise. And I, so I was like researching it and I was like, it sounds like it's the clutch and I do not feel confident. And when you have the, this is the downside of a manual. I will never buy a manual again for a bunch of reasons. This is the second Jeep manual that I've owned. I'm done owning manual cars. Um, but one of the main downsides is if you want to change out the clutch, you have to drop the transfer case. You got to take the transmission down to get to the clutch. And I'm like, that is not like a, that is not a job. I feel confident that if I do, I'm going to be better off. Like the savings is not going to like my lack of experience and knowledge is going to be worse than the savings gained from me doing it. So, uh, it, but then what's odd is like, it hasn't been making that noise. So I'm like, is the clutch really bad? Like, well, I, anyways, I've already put a down payment on, well, I've already bought the clutch replacement. So I'm committed at this point. All right. Ugh. That sounds good. Well, getting into this week's episode, we have an amazing guest. So, we got our buddy Donald from the YouTube channel Soft Roading the West. He drives a Subaru Forester and has taken it to some amazing places. And his YouTube channel is not really even about his vehicle. It's just about the places he's been and the amazing adventures he's been on. But all those have been in his Subaru Forester, which is an awesome rig, and he's done some awesome customizations for it. So we had an awesome interview with him, and we're really excited to share that with you guys. So... Here's Donald. I am really excited because today we have got our friend Donald from Soft Roading the West joining us. He has an incredible YouTube channel where he's exploring all over the Pacific Northwest. And we have been friends online for a while. And I've really been wanting to sit down and chat with him, just get to know him better and also get to talk about all of the adventures that he's going on. So, Donald, thank you so much for joining us. 
Thanks for having me. It's really my pleasure. I, you know, I was watching you guys on YouTube really from the very beginning of when I was on YouTube and um, I was looking up to you guys and what you get, you guys were an inspiration for me. So it's, it's really an honor for me to be here talking with you guys as well. I feel like I know you so well. And, and that's such a, it's such a weird thing that happens with the internet and with being able to like follow videos and on Instagram and, and different things like that. And because we've been commenting on each other's channels, I feel like we're friends, even though we've actually never met. So I think that that's kind of a, a cool aspect of this. I'm definitely going to be making some type of trip I don't know exactly when, but I'm going to be making it up into the Pacific Northwest, and I'm definitely going to have to stop by and see you in Oregon. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, if you ever come this direction, yeah, you 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 better get a hold of me. And and as I probably as I've said many times, Utah is the top of my list for whenever I can get on a longer trip out of the state of Oregon. Um, Utah is is it's my number one destination. I cannot wait to get down there. Utah has some awesome things going for it. It's just got some amazing country. So we'd love to have you. But Oregon is amazing as well. And one of the things that I love about your channel is I see all these new places in Oregon that I never would have thought, you know, I'm not going to like, oh, let's go see. Let's go look at some channel and see what's in Oregon. Half the places you've gone wouldn't even be on there, but they've been awesome places to go. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a diverse state. I mean, it's one of the things that's interesting about Oregon is that there's a an ex, a, a wide, wide diversity of um, ecosystems and terrain and from the coast to, you know, like lush Pacific or lush uh, temperate rainforest and then to like the high desert and these dry, craggy, rocky areas. It's really, it's a, I mean, it's, it's a pleasure because I can just point my car in different directions and find all kinds of different types of things to look at. No doubt. It, I think that... It, I don't know. There's just something like really, really amazing about the trees. Like we have trees, like when you get up into the Uinas, there's trees, but there's nothing like the Pacific Northwest. My wife is from um, the Seattle area. And when we go up to see family up there, it's like you're, it's a totally different world. Like it takes trees to a whole new level. And so, especially because we spend so much of our time in the desert, when I'm up in the mountains, I love it. And it's kind of a short window here because of the winter and every time I'm in the Pacific Northwest, I'm just like, oh man, it is so beautiful. And there's so many, there's just so many trees. It's so green. And you feel like you're completely lost, even though you, you might be on like, just like a back road. It might not even be dirt, but you know, there's just so many trees towering over you. You would never know that there's like an entire city just like on the other side of that hill. Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's a funny thing that you should mention that because from my perspective, sometimes the trees get annoying. It's like, you know, you're driving up some mountain road and there could be an incredible view, but you can't see it because there's different <laughs> trees all the way. I can, you can drive for hours and turn after turn after turn. All you see is more trees that are just, you know, 20 yards, 40 yards in front of you. So that's one of the things that when I watch, especially your videos in particular out there where it's just open and you see the terrain and you see the, the, the mountains and the valleys and the canyons and, and, um, that, that, uh, that, uh, I mean, I guess the grass is always greener, right? But that's something that appeals to me very much about like what, where you guys are, um, is just not having the trees getting in your way all the freaking time. 
Yeah, well, we noticed you definitely have a chainsaw that you have used <laughs> in many of your videos. Yeah, definitely essential up here. Yeah, and every once in a while, like, I've had, and I've even had someone comment, like, oh, like, bring a chainsaw. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> it, it, like, like it's just, but like, it, first of all, it's very rare that I run across a tree that either I can't drive around or over, or at minimum, there's just another road to get there, you know? And so it's like, I, I, I'm not packing a chainsaw and to, to do that. And yet, you know, you, you're running into downed trees all the time. And so it, I think it's really contrasting. Um, one of the things that I think I, one of the reasons that I've enjoyed your videos so much and become such a huge fan is I, I don't like using like the regular guy type thing, but you, because I sometimes think that people like, I don't know, mostly I just think you're very, very relatable and, and you, ha you have a very interesting way of telling stories. And so I guess that's kind of where I wanted to jump into and just talk about like, you know, have you always been into outdoors, camping, overlanding, those types of things? How did you get to become an overlander, quote unquote, even though we're not supposed to call ourselves overlanders? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because I went most of my life not really enjoying camping. I, I, I thought I didn't like camping. And um, after I got the Forester and started just poking out a little further and a little further. And then, and then when I learned about dispersed camping, which I also, I went my whole life basically without knowing that it was possible to go and camp in the national forest or on BLM land, just like that. I spent my whole life camping in, you know, uh, established campgrounds where you pay $15 to, to stay. And there's, you know, people in RVs around you and, and noise. And I, I just, I, I never really enjoyed it. It seemed like a, a ton of work and for not a whole lot of reward. And when I discovered, uh, dispersed camping and just being able to go out into the wilderness by myself and just find a place to camp and really immerse myself in the wilderness, it, completely changed how I thought about camping. And so it was just really, uh, an organic, uh, an organic process, um, of, you know, I started exploring some dirt roads with the forester and then I started camping and then, uh, I liked it. And so I did some more and then I started, you know, doing some social media around it and it just, it just sort of spiraled from there. So what got you into, what made you start a YouTube channel? Why did you decide that, oh, I'm going out and I'm exploring and I'm enjoying that, and now all of a sudden I'm going to record it? Well, I didn't I didn't set out to make a YouTube channel. I didn't set out to be a YouTuber. I, I had never had any interest in doing video of any sort. I, had, I was doing sort of a website thing where um, I was trying – I had initially made some sort of a website that was to help other people find places to explore – and I was sort of dissatisfied with um, with what photographs were conveying or not conveying. And I was like, well, you know, if I had a little bit of video, people could really get a better sense of how awesome this place is. And my website host had no way of, of hosting videos. It's like, well, I guess I'll start a YouTube channel so that I've got some place to host some videos. And as I started making them, I discovered that you know, this is kind of it's kind of fun. I'm kind of enjoying this. And so I just, you know, started dialing it up and dialing it up and trying to get better at it. Um, but it was it was 100% accidental. And really, two years ago, if you would have told me, the, you know, where I would be today and like 
how many people would be looking at what I was doing out in the wilderness, I would have never believed you. <laughs> really fascinating. I had no idea that your original start was with the idea of just creating a website. So it was the website Soft Roading the West? Yeah, softroadingthewest.com. It was initially, it was because when I first started doing this, I I mean, like like many people, I had no idea how to find trails, how to find places to explore. I was I was clueless. And, but I just started doing it and finding my way. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like share this information with other people so that they can figure it out too. And it just sort of evolved from there. That makes sense. Don't you know that you should be doing this in a Jeep or a Forerunner? What, what are you doing? Talk to me about Subarus. Now, obviously, mostly that's a joke because I love that you get so many comments about it and you've addressed it, but, but it is not necessarily the traditional vehicle that people gravitate towards in the overlanding community. Yes. Yes. And I mean, and the first thing I will say is that, I mean, a Subaru is not the best vehicle for what I'm doing. It works, but there's many times that I wish I had, you know, a true four by four. There's no question about it. But the thing with the Subaru is there were a couple of things. One is that I have a long history of driving Subarus. I've been driving Subarus for 20 years. I've had very, very good experiences with all of my Subarus. They've just impressed me. They've been super reliable. They've just gone wherever I wanted them to go. And, um, and so that was, it was natural for me to look at Subarus again when it was time for me to buy this car. Um, and then the other thing is that it's, it's simply a lot more affordable than a Jeep or a Forerunner. I mean, what I paid for my 2012 Subaru was probably half of what it would cost to buy a 2012 uh, Jeep, kind of like um, yours, Jared, um, or probably also the same thing with a Forerunner. Um, it was simply, it was half the cost. And because it's a small, economical four-cylinder car, it's putting, keeping it filled with gas is very, very reasonable. And, um, I was at a point in my life due to a number of things, but I, I simply didn't have disposable income to throw at this. And so I had to be as absolutely budget friendly as possible. And so the Subaru made sense because it was something that was, I could buy the car for cheap. I could run it for cheap. And yet it's still capable of getting me up, you know, 95% of the roads that I want to drive up, it'll go, you know, and there's places that it won't go. There's places that, there's places that I see you guys go with your Jeep and with your Forerunner that there's no way my Forester would ever go. There's just there's it'll never happen. But most of the stuff that I do in Oregon, um, you know, it's National Forest Roads, it's BLM Roads, and you know, there's some tricky spots, but for the most part, the Forester will do it. So, you know, it's it's good enough. Yeah, I. It's been awesome to see the places you've gone. One of the things I love about um, the West. I don't have a lot of experience with the East. Maybe it's just as good. But in the West, there are a million roads. And, you know, I have a stock forerunner and it has a level of capability that will end. And there are roads that I can't go down. But there's already a million roads that I can go on and I haven't run out of them yet. And once I've gone on every road or feel like I'm getting bored of the types of roads or whatever, then I'm like, okay, now maybe I'll do a lift or, or look into a different vehicle or something, but there's so many roads that I can do right now. I don't need to go and spend a whole bunch more money 
to do these other roads. And that's what I feel like you're saying is there's so many roads you can do. And sure, maybe you're missing out on a few, but I feel like on my trips, at least 90% of the time, we're not like, you know, we just can't do that trail. It's too hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, you can get into the, you can get into some beautiful wilderness, totally remote away from everybody. And I mean, you can have that wilderness experience without necessarily needing a super, super built four by four. So another thing you mentioned is that you were on a tight budget. And one thing that I've loved about your channel is you have built some awesome mods, custom mods to your truck. How did that start? And what are, what is your favorite mod you've done? <laughs> well, I mean, it's the, the way it started was purely necessity. It's like, well, I can't pay someone to do this and I can't buy, you know, the, the, you know, name brand Overland product that is supposed to do this. And so I just start looking for solutions for, you know, how can I make this happen without spending a hundred dollars or $200 or $400. And, um, I mean, Admittedly, it doesn't always work out all of the time. Some of the things that I've built have have turned out to, you know, like, well, maybe I should have spent a little bit more. But um, it's it's certainly it's a it's been a fun and interesting challenge to come up with with ways to accomplish uh, a certain task without necessarily just going and buying something off the shelf. And so I enjoy the, I enjoy the challenge of coming up with it and the, the, the process of, of doing it, even if it doesn't necessarily work out 100% of the time. Yeah, I, I, I'm like inspired by some of the, the, some of the DIY stuff that you have done and others, um, because I think that it, uh, it shows a lot of creativity and ingenuity. I think, I don't, I don't think this was the first video that I had seen, but maybe it was, was the awning that you did. And I remember seeing that and thinking, man, this is like a really like clever way to get away with a cheap awning that functions. Do you still use it? Oh yeah. That's actually, that's one of the DIYs that, um, I continue to use, I'm con I continue to be happy with it. Um, it's worked out very, very well for the price and, um, yeah, yeah. That's one that I, that's one that I still use. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I, I how much did it cost total to make again? Uh, that's the, I call that the $60 DIY awning because yeah, I think I'd spend about $58 on all the parts for it. Yeah. And I think like the cheapest one you can get into is like a hundred, 150. And that's for the, the cheapest ones. And you have things like, you know, like the Batwing one that like wraps all the way around your forerunner. That's like, a thousand dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the amount of coverage that I get from, from my very, very inexpensive DIY, I mean, it would, it would cost, you know, three times as much at least to get something that big. And it also has the advantage of not being this huge bulky thing on my small car. So that's, that's another advantage to it. So, you know, you decided you want, you're going to create a YouTube channel and where at what point did you see like hey this is actually this is turning into something more than just me taking twice as long on my adventures um yeah well you know i i i got lucky with a couple of videos i have to say there was a couple of videos that apparently filled a niche that i didn't even know was there and i got a ton of views and picked up a ton of subscribers and um and I started realizing, oh, you know, wow, this is maybe something that I could actually, that I could actually grow into something. And 
that combined with just the fact that I was enjoying it, um, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself at this because, uh, it's, it's enjoyable and it, you know, it, it, it seems to be something that, that there is at least some kind of interest in. So. Yeah, that's, it's, it's cool. It's, I've been just absolutely stunned and, and not necessarily stunned, but just blown away by how much the channel has grown and just how faithful your followers are, you know, like I, I, I watch every video and I often comment on each one and I'm just amazed by how many people are there week in and week out who are just absolutely inspired by your adventures. And I think a big part of it is, I think there's kind of two aspects of it. Obviously I think, you know, the storytelling is good, but the two aspects that I think that are really, really unique is you're just like a, such a fun person. Like I, I'm always, I always enjoy just like the little creative aspects. And so I think that makes people feel like they're a part of the adventure with you. And then the other part of it is it's just, it, it's so real and raw. It's just, this is what happened, right? Like the, you're not trying to um, sugarcoat anything. It's, this was the adventure. And I think that that really draws people in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't really know. I can't say. Um, but I, you know, I try to, I, I try to be brutally honest about, about things. And I try to make it clear that, you know, it doesn't always, you know, it's not always, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows out there. There's, there's things that go wrong and I make stupid mistakes sometimes. And, um, and, you know, A, it's okay for anyone to make mistakes like that. And, and B, it's, it's not, you know, it's not all, it's not all fantastic. And so, I mean, I think just by, by being honest with people, I, I mean, I guess that maybe that resonates on some level. Well, it's been working, I think, because uh, you've been growing like crazy and, and your content is, I think just keeps getting better. So I think there's also just the skill of you creating videos. You're putting out really good stuff. I love that during lockdown, you made a Jeep video with a toy Jeep in your backyard. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I had fun with that. I get not everybody. I'll tell you, not everyone was happy about that. I got a who were sorely disappointed in that video. But uh, I tell you what, I laughed my head off when I was making that thing. I laughed my head off when I was watching it. It was awesome. So I guess that leads into probably the next best topic about this is what, like, what is the worst or dumbest or however you want to put it thing that people have said to you that you're just like, come on guys. Like, <laughs> Oh man. I don't know. I mean the, the, the thing that I get the most by far is that, well, you should be driving a Jeep. I mean, as, and we, we talked about that and, and it's a, it's a recurring theme on my channel just because so many people, you know, so many people are somehow so offended that I am out driving on forest service roads in a Subaru. And I, I don't know if, if they're offended because, they, you know, they bought a Jeep and maybe they didn't need to, or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't understand the animosity sometimes that, that, um, that I see, but, um, that, that's certainly the, the biggest and most recurring sort of, um, thing that comes up. Yeah. We get the same thing. It's, it's funny because we have a Toyota and a Jeep. 
Yeah. And we get Toyota haters and we get Jeep haters. <laughs> and we're like, we don't know what to do. We 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 had a couple people who were like, we're never watching you again when Jared got a Jeep and said he wasn't <laughs> driving the Land Cruiser anymore. Uh, see, I... I- I don't get that because the, the the funny thing is is that we're all out there. We've all got the exact same goal, right? We all want to get out into nature, into wilderness, explore, drive some dirt roads, and I I don't understand the competitiveness or the or the animosity towards towards someone who happens to choose a slightly different tool to accomplish the exact same task. It's like we we should all be best friends. Yeah, hundred percent. We should be, especially because there are a lot of people who don't want us to go out and drive anywhere. Yes, yeah. There's that exactly. Or there's people who who go out and make a mess of the wilderness and leave their beer cans everywhere, uh, leave their trash, um, or you know, drive off trails and stuff like that. Um, and and I don't think I think that the majority of us who are out there, whether we drive Jeeps or Toyotas or Subarus or Land Cruisers, I guess that's a Toyota, but you know, I think I think the vast majority of us are respectful out there, um, but you know, there's the there's that select few who who are not. Yeah, it, I'm like like Mike had mentioned. I'm and you have said I'm blown away by. I get that like uh, human beings are kind of tribal in general. Like we want to, we have this like weird need to like organize and um like with people of like-mindedness but like with the ridiculous things like i get that like people are like hey i want to like you know meet up with people who have the same interests as me but even though you like off-roading and i like off-roading you drive a toyota and i drive a jeep so we can't be friends it's like it's like it's one of the weirdest things <laughs> and no joke we had a we had people who were like, no, I'm done watching your channel. I'm like, who freaking cares what I drive? Like, I don't know why, like anyone would, that to me that it's never been about the vehicle at all. I, I didn't want to name the channel vehicle related be, because of that one, because I, I don't want to ever be tied to a specific vehicle because I don't know, I might go buy something new tomorrow. I don't know. And so I don't, I don't want to have that weirdness to it. But I, I also like for me, like adventuring like this, is for everyone. And that's one of the things that I love about your channel so much is the reality is a lot of people probably should go buy a Subaru. I've always been of the opinion that a Subaru, like an Outback is what like 90% of the population of Utah should drive because you have, you have really crazy climate where it'll be warm one day and it'll be snowing the next day. And that happens throughout the entire year almost other than the really hot parts of the summer, but we'll get a crazy snowstorm in like May sometimes. And so having a vehicle that is all wheel drive can seat five and then has a huge storage capacity area for any of your gear, whether it's soccer gear or camping gear, whatever your hobby is, snowboarding, it fits super well. And they are pretty popular here, but nothing like other places. And I think it's kind of because people have kind of like dubbed it as like the yuppie, like uh, granola person vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Especially mm-hmm. in this area, that's kind of like the mentality of it. So it's just funny to me because I'm like, I see that a huge portion of people should probably be driving one of those. The ground clearance on them is actually quite exceptional. You have all wheel drive. They get good gas mileage. It's comfortable to drive in. 
tons of the vehicles that people are buying on a regular basis, a Subaru Outback is actually probably a better fit for them. So I just always get, you know, I just get so get such a kick out of it. And I have been blown away by how capable your Forester is. I think you did a video that was like, oh, what was it? It was it was your video why like everyone's like, hey, why don't you drive a Jeep? Where you showed like fifty different. <laughs> yeah. like, well, maybe that was two videos. Now I'm mi- mixing them up, but you did a video showing like here's just like a hundred clips or two hundred clips of me off roading. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, I need to go sell my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely. I mean, I think it's a legitimate choice for probably uh, a, a wide segment of the population who is interested in getting into the wilderness, but who, who doesn't need, you know, super hardcore rock crawling, you know, mudding, you know, sort of capability. I think for a lot of people it's, it's adequate. And then it, it, it is a great daily driver. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people spend a lot of money to have a good, off-road vehicle that's no question more capable than like a Subaru Forester, but they go off-roading with it like twice a year and they're on road 99.99% of the time, right? And they pick the wrong vehicle. And when they do go off-roading, they don't need the extra capability anyway. They could have got there in a Forester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I feel, I mean, I don't want to like create any animosity among jeep owners or whatever i feel like my forester has gone more places than most people's jeeps have gone i i oh. totally agree with you oh no doubt and well and especially in in the instance of it, it just how much time you spend off-road in it but and on top of it you just there's there's not a lot of situations like mike had mentioned earlier there's not a ton of situations where especially in the overlanding niche. Now, if you're going to start talking about like when people get into like hardcore rock crawling and stuff, then you're, you're really breaking into a new aspect of capabilities and and things that your vehicle needs. But if your main thing, which is what Mike and I's main thing is, is driving on forest roads, I, I really would have, there, there have probably been five trails that we have done that I would be like, e, we probably couldn't bring your Forester with us. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I will say that on my most recent trip um, out into the remote eastern Oregon area, um, I actually, there were there was more than one time where I was like, uh, I, I can't go any further. And if I had like a real 4x4, I could have. So, I mean, I have to acknowledge that the Forester will not do absolutely everything. It won't take me everywhere. And, um, you know, there's times when I, when I just have to say, you know, I, I can't go here and, and I find another route and it's fine, but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's compromises obviously in, 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 in all things. For sure. So one thing that I think I want to address is, um, you do a lot of adventures um, where I, I, I would say a decent portion of them, you're bringing along your kids. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, how it's been kind of this shared experience? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really been a great thing. It's, it's difficult for me being, it's difficult for me to bring both of my kids most of the time because the Forester admittedly is a really small car. And so by the time I get two extra bodies and, and enough gear for two extra bodies. It's really a challenge. I think we've done it 
one time ever. Um, but bringing one kid or the other has been has been really great. It's been um, they've they've um, developed an appreciation for getting out there and experiencing the wilderness, and actually also just being part of the of the process of making the videos as well. They they both enjoy. Uh, helping the film and just with creative input. Um, and it's, it's really been, um, it's been a great way for me to connect with my kids, um, you know, with whom I wouldn't necessarily have that much in common otherwise. They've been a ton of fun to watch on the channel. So I think that's been rocking it. Do they like camping more as kids than you did when you were a kid? Well, I don't know. We did. We didn't do a whole lot of camping when they were little kids. I mean, it was at most it was once a year or once every other year kind of thing, because it was you know it was it was sort of this big sort of hassle of an experience just to go to an established campground and um, you know we didn't we didn't do the dispersed camping thing and we we're out in the wilderness and so it was just it was not the same experience. Um, I well, I guess I'm I'm implying right now they're still kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Do they like it more than you said you hated it growing up, or even not even growing up before you disliked camping? Do they oh, like it? Yes, yes, they definitely like it. That, in fact, I was when I was out on a uh, a camping trip um, maybe a month ago, um, and my daughter was was with her mom at the time, and she didn't know that I was going out, and she messaged me this angry message like what you're out camping and you didn't bring me along no they uh they uh they definitely like it that's awesome yeah i think i don't know for me one of the things that i feel like is i i don't know i don't want to say missing but i think that there could be some improvements upon is typically the overlanding space seems to be dominated by um either single guys or uh maybe that's not even the right word but just like one or two people and and almost never kids um or or children or teens however you want to put it um and almost never more than two people like it's very rare and uh to see people who are going out all together and for me that's really what drove me to want to do it mike and i grew up doing tons of stuff in the power sports niche so driving atvs dirt bikes things like that and I still love that and, and have and, and really enjoy it. But there's a different I don't know, there's something different about all of us being together. And, and by the time I was like, hey, if I'm going to buy like five four wheelers so that each one of us can go, I could buy a Jeep for the same amount of money. And then I can drive the Jeep on the road and has all the other practical aspects of it. And so for me, a huge motivation to getting into kind of vehicle four by four touring, it was to say like, I want to take my kids with me to all of these amazing places so that they can see them and experience and love being in the outdoors and we can experience it all together. And there's definitely downsides to it. Like sometimes when we're driving for like four hours and the kids have asked me for like the 50th time, you know, if we are there yet or they're bored or whatever the case is. And then I'm like, I see why no one does this. <laughs> 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 but but at the same time, like when I'm there and I'm sitting around at camp with my kids and and I'm having those same experiences, my uh, my five year old Jackson, he's asking me all the time, when are we going camping? When are we going camping? Because I've been having all these crazy home projects the last like month and I've got and not got out and it's been killing me. And so they 
it's just uh, that when they come and ask me when we're going to go, that's like fulfillment for me. I'm like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. <laughs> well, I really admire what, what you do getting out there with your kids like that. I mean, I don't, I don't think I could have done it when my kids were that small. I, I, I don't think I could have done it. You know, my kids are much older than yours and um, you know, it's, it's, it's much easier, but um, it's really amazing what you're doing, getting your kids out there, you know, at such a young age. And I know what a, I know what a handful that, I mean, I know what a handful it is to just be out camping and dealing with all that and then camping and filming, but then camping, filming and dealing with those little kids on top of that. It's really, it's really extraordinary. And that's, um, it's really uh, one of the amazing things that I enjoy about watching your channel. Yeah, I thank you. I appreciate that. I know that one of the hardest things that I've had a hard time doing is a lot of people, they like, I feel like a, many people like the camp footage as much, if not more than the off-roading footage. And that's a little bit hard for me because I've always loved the off-roading footage. Now, I don't really love if someone just like sets up a dash cam and just records for like five hours straight. Like when Mike and I first started doing this, we were both running like GoPros alternately, like throughout the entire trip. And we would get back and have like 10 hours of <laughs> GoPro footage. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna use like maybe three minutes of this, <laughs> and that's probably too much for that's GoPro. Probably footage. too much. So we, I, we've always wanted to put an emphasis on like exterior shots, which does take more time. Like I, I it's I, I, you know, I in the in talking about like the is it worth it video that you inspired us to do, challenge us to do the thing that for me, like I, I, I joke saying the running, but I do a ton of running. Like it's set up the camp because it just takes so much time that if you're just walking the whole time, it's too, it just, you'll slow a trip down too much. So I'm often, I set the camera down, run back up or I'll fly up the road, drop the camera off, back up, men go past, you know, and different things like that. And so it, it definitely does make it a little bit, um, you know, more work that way. And, and anyways, I just, going out and adventuring with kids is um, it is definitely a lot harder than it. I will go and do a trip by myself every once in a while. Um, or I'll bring just Wyatt and even just having him now that he's eight years old and just a little more autonomous and things like that, that it, it definitely makes a big difference, but I just get almost no camp footage, especially in the past, because when I get to camp, it's like a full-time job, right? Like when they're strapped up in the car, I'm not worried about them getting out and doing something dangerous or, you know, they could get them hurt or something. But when we get to camp, I'm watching kids. It's just like as if I was at home. And so it's like – and I, I – look, I, I'm not – my kids are great, but – all kids, especially young kids, are annoying to some level. And so nobody wants to watch me doing camp footage while my kid in the background's like, what is this green thing in my sandwich? You're like, it's a piece of lettuce. Just eat it. <laughs> nobody wants to see that footage. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think it might, might make me laugh. <laughs> you know? My son will be like, what's this green thing? I'm like, dude, it's like a tiny piece of lettuce that accidentally touched your sandwich for crying out loud. Like, you're killing me. You know? So, so some of that – and and but that's something that we wanted to incorporate and I'm trying to incorporate a lot more. And I think people appreciate seeing some of that camp footage. So, I, you know uh, – how has your channel and, and your videos evolved from beginning to now? What are the kind of some of the key elements that you've done to just get them to where they're at? 
Well, I mean, I think the, that's, I mean, you've hit on one of the points, which is the camp footage. When I was first doing this, all I did was I was just shooting trails. It was just trail footage. And, um, and then I, you know, I, I got a sense that people enjoyed seeing the camp stuff. And so I started putting a little more attention to that. And then I just, you know, started working on trying to capture, you know, more story, like how can I tell the story of this trip? being on the trail um, and things going wrong and enjoying just relaxing in camp, enjoying the scenery, enjoying some of the, you know, just the, the finer details of the wilderness. Um, and uh, yeah, just, just, just looking for ways to, to capture just what a pleasure it is to be out there. Even, even with the stuff that goes wrong, it's still a pleasure to be out there and um, just looking for ways to, to convey that to people so that they can either experience it, you know, vicariously or be inspired to go out and give it a shot themselves because it's really, it's, it's, it's the, it's my favorite thing that I do. And it's like, that's where all my memories come from is when I'm out there doing that stuff. And so you know, people should try it. For sure, you've definitely inspired me to get out. I love, I love your videos. They've been awesome, and I think you've been getting better at it. They're more enjoyable, so I think you're succeeding in, in, in making great videos. So thank you. They've been a ton of fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah, we um, to kind of wrap things up because we don't want to take your whole night, but to kind of wrap things up, what is what is next for you and for soft roading the West? One of the things that I want to start looking at is um, making some some more improvements to the Forester to make it a little bit more capable um, and a little bit more self-reliant. You know, I don't have a winch. I don't have, uh, you know, there's some things like that that I'd like to do to the Forester so that I'm out by myself. Um, I'm I'm not as vulnerable. So there's, there's going to be some focus on um, continuing to improve my setup. And, um, and then my other goal, I would say over the coming year is just longer trips, bigger trips, bigger distance, not just, you know, little weekend excursions, little overnighters, but really trying to be out for a week or more than a week even, and, um, truly sink into the trip and really, really actually overland and, you know, go from place to place and, and get in depth into the wilderness and, um, and not be so hurried and trying to, you know, get someplace, grab some footage and, you know, make it back home so I can be at work on Monday kind of thing. That'll be awesome. I can't wait for the videos. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I, uh, I, I think that that's, uh, I think there's two things there that you mentioned that I think are exciting. I thought you were going to drop some news that you were going to get something else for a minute there. By the way you were phrasing that, <laughs> I was like, whoa, are we like doing breaking news here? We'll have to hold on to this and we'll put an embargo on it or something. Um, but I, I, I am very curious to see what you end up doing with the Subaru because I think that it, it's such a unique platform that it, I think is there's momentum growing for it for this type of adventure. I've been blown away by how many people um, you've shared, you know, their pictures and things like that on Instagram of these awesome adventures that they're on. Um, I love the idea of adding a winch. Winches are one of those things that are so I, I am I am very much of the opinion of like 
go with what you have and then make small adjustments as you go. And it's funny because a winch is in this weird spot where it's like, it's not an inexpensive accessory. Um, you very rarely need to use it, but when you need it, there's literally nothing else that does what it does. <laughs> like you, you can try a couple of other things. Like I have, I have had to pull winch line cable only a couple of times and almost every single one of those instances, I would have been like in a lot of trouble without it. And so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, do you need one? It's like me. I don't like, yeah, yeah I, I'm of the opinion that you do need one, especially if you're doing solo travel, which um, you and I do a both. We both do a lot of, um, and obviously you're doing even more. And so I think that, um, that's something that I think will be cool and, and unique. And I, I, you know, how many people, I don't know that I've ever seen a Subaru with a winch mounted on it. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's, it's actually not that uncommon. There's uh, in, in my Subaru world, it's, there's, there's actually quite a few of them out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are, there are plenty of times when I think to myself, man, I would love to have some kind of four by four truck. But I feel like I haven't reached the limits of what my Forester will do. And, um, and I think that I can push those limits further if I equip myself a little bit better, like in the winch. Like, you know, I'd be perfectly happy to spend a bunch of money putting a winch on the car and never, ever have to use it. But uh, it'll be nice to have it on there. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep, uh, keep rocking the Subaru for now. Well, and, you know, even just looking at it the money-wise... It's probably cheaper to buy a winch than it is to buy a Jeep. <laughs> That's for sure. Yes. You yes. know? It's way, yes, way cheaper. Not even, not even one payment. You can upgrade your capability. And I also think you have a, I think you have a good following of Subarus and a bunch of the videos you've done have been like Subaru community things. You know, I don't know how those were organized, but you've gone with Subaru communities multiple times. And yeah, so yeah, sure. I think there's also value in the brand for your channel. Yeah. And there's, there's no question that, that I think part of the success of the channel has to do with the fact that I'm doing this in a Subaru. I think there's, that there's, I think there's plenty of people who, if I was not in a Subaru would not be following the channel. Yeah. And like I said, we had that happen to us when Jared switched and we still have a Toyota on the channel half the time. Yeah. It, it amazes that like, and I won't call anybody out by name, but I've been, there's been a few people who, there's a few who just straight up were like, oh, I'm done. I'm not interested. But then there's also been a few who used to like comment like on every single video. And then and all of a sudden it's like, they disappeared when I bought a Jeep. And I'm like, come on guys. Like this is the, for me, it's not like I like bought my Land Cruiser and did like, this huge, amazing, immaculate build that like a bunch of viewers were like super invested in. It literally is the exact same vehicle as the day that I bought it. So it's not like they could be that invested, you know, but, they, but they were, they were, they were quite bitter. So I, 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 I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> well, but I, I, I can see a little bit, like I was getting a Toyota. So what did I do? I start looking for forerunners everywhere. I look on Instagram. I look on YouTube videos of what are people doing in their Forerunners. I go to the Forerunner forum to learn more about it. So I definitely understand just the whole, oh, I'm getting this. So I want to see what other people are doing with theirs. 
So I can see that if, if that's their main motivation for watching the channel, even more than the adventure is, oh, what are you doing in your land cruiser or whatever? I can I can kind of understand why people would be like, well, I was watching you for the land cruiser content. And now that that's gone, I'm less interested. So I can kind of understand the mentality because I definitely did that. I just was looking for Forerunner content. Um, you know, heck, we started the Forerunner game in my family. We say Forerunner every time we see a Forerunner. And it's a fun little game. And I realized, oh, there's a billion Forerunners where I live. <laughs> and I never even noticed them before I got one, actually. You know, that whatever syndrome that is, we definitely have a case of that. Donald, we do not want to take your entire night. We are so grateful for you jumping on. Mike and I have been huge fans of your channel for a long time. And like I mentioned at the beginning, we really do feel like we are friends with you. And I'm very much looking forward to getting out on the trail with you sometime in the near future. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's absolutely been my pleasure. It's uh, really an honor to talk to you guys. Uh, I've been enjoying your channel also for a long, long time. Um, it really, it's been really great to sit down and uh, chat with you guys. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks, Donald. We want to have a huge thanks go out to Donald over at Soft Roading the Rest again. I really enjoyed that interview. He is he's just such a down-to-earth guy. He's so cool. I can't remember. I believe that he found our channel first and started commenting on it. And that's what got us to go over and look at his channel. And I ever since he ever since we've kind of become online friends per se. I've just been blown away by all the amazing things that he's doing. His channel is so much fun to watch. I look forward to each and every episode and getting just, I already liked him and talking to him just made me like him that much more this evening. What did you think? Absolutely. I mean, I thought he was a great guy and he is a great guy. And that's what makes his channel so enjoyable is it's just him enjoying the adventure and we get to share that experience by enjoying it with him. And for the last hour, we've got to talk to him and enjoy being with him. It's been, it was a blast. Yeah. I, the, my only regret, honestly, with any of this is that I have not met him yet. So I am making that a goal to make a trip up to, I'm hoping I can meet him somewhere, um, either like kind of the north westish part of Idaho or the south whatever, east part of Oregon for a trip sometime. Um, I think that that would be a lot of fun, but it was just so much fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please go over to Donald's channel if you have not already and make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, You can also check him out on Instagram. All of that can be found at Soft Roading the West. We'll put some links in the description here as well. And If you enjoyed this episode, please share our podcast with your friends. If you don't mind jumping over to iTunes and giving us a review, that would mean a ton to us. Thanks so much for listening. See ya.